Welcome to Our Common Nature, an exaltation of our living earth, an exploration of our niche within it, and an examination of the lasting solutions we will create by shifting our culture through care, wisdom, and working in community with the earth toward accordance with its way. In this space, we highlight place, building bridges, and finding solutions in the common ground on which we all stand. It is with gratitude and humility that we acknowledge that we are speaking, learning, and broadcasting from the ancestral homelands of the Mohican people, who are the indigenous peoples of this land. Despite tremendous hardship on being forced from here, today their community resides in Wisconsin and is known as the Stockbridge Muncie community. We pay honor and respect to their ancestors past and present as we commit to building a more inclusive and equitable space for all. Hello and welcome back to Our Common Nature. Today we are joined by Joshua Cohen and Rich Volo, both members of the Hudson Conservation Advisory Council. So, fellas, if you wouldn't mind, uh, what is the Hudson Conservation Advisory Council? Where did it start? What's its purpose? And what are your powers there? Well, I'll start. Um, this is Rich Volo. I am the chair of the City of Hudson's Conservation Advisory Council. And um, throughout New York State, municipalities, be it a... a a city or a village or a town can have a conservation advisory council, which basically what we do is we're in the environmental wing of the city of Hudson. So if there are issues pertaining to um, tree planting or climate change or um, uh, anything along those lines, uh, through the state Department of Environmental Conservation, um, we help advise the city of Hudson what to do. Um, so that's basically what the Conservation Advisory Council does. Um, it is in the charter of the city of Hudson. We have up to nine volunteer board members who are appointed to your terms. And uh, right now, I think we currently have seven members, but we are looking for more. Cool, very cool. So how long has the council been in existence? Where, where did it begin? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's at least 10 years, and there have been other chairs in the past. So, um, but yeah. Um, other things that they've done is they've conducted studies. There was a tree survey that surveyed all the trees of the city of Hudson. We're using that currently for to write a grant to the state to help get money to help do more plantings and more and taking down dead trees, things like that. But um, yeah. And right now, within the past year, Hudson's Conservation Advisory Council, we brought in probably, we're bringing in uh, at least over, I want to say over $50,000 in uh, grant money, uh, partners, and correct me here, Josh, but partners for climate action uh, gave us a grant for $34,000 last year. We're receiving another grant, uh, hopefully from the DEC for next year. For more tree planting, so we planted. We used that thirty-four grand to plant uh, a couple of dozen trees throughout the city of Hudson. Um, the city of Hudson also gives us a budget out of the uh, taxpayer funds, the general fund, uh, to do more tree plantings. And uh, another grant, which we're seeing in the spring, will put more trees on Harry Howard in the city of Hudson. And then we're looking to apply for more grants in the future. 
Um, yeah, so that's what we've done in the past year. We did a lot of tree plantings, but there's more work that we're currently working on. There's, um, you know, we're working on a uh, heating and cooling grant. Uh, Josh can tell you about the um, CCA, which stands for, I don't know, I'll let Josh explain that. Yeah, community choice aggregation is one of the the programs where we're hoping that the city of Hudson will participate in soon. It's looking promising through the Common Council. So can what is that? So it's it's essentially a buyer's club for energy. So it would essentially allow the city of Hudson to purchase bulk energy, and we could designate that that energy be 100% renewable from renewable sources. And it would lower rates for all homeowners in the city of Hudson. And if you don't want to participate, you just have to opt out. But it's a little unique in that uh, everyone is immediately part of the program unless they choose otherwise. Uh, it's something that New York State uh, passed sometime, I think 2015 or so, um, made, made this program available. And so we would join other communities because Hudson is on the small side. So to make it be uh, beneficial for, for rates, we'd probably join other municipalities and, and go in together um, to purchase energy together. So that's what we're pushing right now. Yeah. So it sounds like your goals and your mission is kind of more wide ranging than, than just more green space, which is not a minor thing. Um, so you, you, you have, um, what is the, 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 the stated specific goal of, of the council? Yeah. So I would, and I, I would add, um, I think the council was started initially with the idea of creating uh, natural resources and open space inventory. I think that that's one of the directives um, at the state level for municipalities to have those types of resources. And so CACs were created to, to help establish those inventories. Um, so, so it definitely was very green space focused initially, and it continues to be one of our main focuses, uh, focus areas, as Rich mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. But we're starting to look at climate impacts on the city, uh, climate resiliency. Um, there's obviously flooding from increased weather events uh, from climate change. So there's going to be more and more impacts there. The New York State, uh, as you may know, has passed the Climate Act or the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, the CLCPA. So mm -hmm. uh, we are part of the Climate Smart Communities Program in the city of Hudson. Right. And so there's alignment at the local level with what's what the state has mandated. Um, so we're trying to just ensure that we, we help the state meet those targets as much as possible um, through that program. Yeah, very cool. Josh, you mentioned... Um, climate resiliency as one of your goals. Could you give us an example of how you would try to increase resiliency uh, in the environment, specifically the city of Hudson ecologically? Sure. I mean, one thing that many people have probably noticed in Hudson is uh, a lot of street repairs, road repairs. You know, Hudson has combined sewer systems. And so when they're is an extreme weather event when there's increased rain and precipitation, we see increased flooding. And it's because our infrastructure is outdated. A lot of the East Coast and older cities have this type of infrastructure. So that's one way to just sort of think about a, it's not an easy fix, it's an expensive fix, but to really improve the infrastructure we have in the city so that we can alleviate some of the flooding that we're already seeing. 
Um, we're seeing flooding at the waterfront. Uh, the Hudson River is tidal. It rises by five or six feet each day. And so as sea level rise, that's going to impact the Hudson River. It's going to uh, rise higher. It's going to continue to flood um, all up and down the waterway. And there's you know problems with runoff. And there are seven communities. Fortunately, Hudson is not one of them, but there are the Hudson seven uh, communities along the Hudson River that drink water. Their, their drinking water is sourced from the Hudson River. And so you know, we're part of this community, this larger community in the Hudson Valley and this ecosystem and what, what we do here impacts those communities. And so any sorts of repairs and fixes we can think about that will help our waterfront and our waterways um, will be beneficial. Got just one, one way. And, and I should add that Cornell is, is conducting this Columbia County wide community resiliency uh, program right now. And they're working with municipalities and we are one of the participating municipalities in Columbia County. And so we're, we're, we're thinking through all of the resiliency uh, potential of, of the work that we're doing at the CAC that the city is doing. And we'll, we'll end up with a list of recommendations um, going forward that we can, we can share with the common council and with the city to, to think about, how to continue to be a more climate resilient community. I don't know, Rich, if you want to add anything to that. Um, I, I think that's it. You know, our, our purpose is we do also do the climate smart community. So that is just, that document is just a list of so many things, um, you know, everything from um, anti-idling laws um, to um to looking at you know getting LED street lights to help save energy, uh, that's a current project of the city of Hudson. It's it's infinite. I mean, there's so many things that we could be working on. We're just you know a group of several volunteers really, so we're always looking for more. It's not it it is green space, but it encompasses so much more too. So um, yeah. To piggyback off of that, I, I recently also have joined the one of the local Columbia County Townships uh, Climate Smart Communities uh, Council. And yeah, that list is very extensive. The things that you have you could do to check off to, I think there's a grant that you're awarded or it's sort of a certification that the municipality is awarded upon achieving some of these um, markers. It's interesting and it's nice to see that the state uh, is partnering with some incentive amongst these smaller communities, these uh, towns and, and cities to actually see some impact. Yeah, I was just, um, I was also just thinking about how, um, you know, we partnered with you to do the planting in Hudson. And um, part of that, I guess when I hear resiliency, I get excited because I think of it in terms of uh, ecological impacts. And, um, you know, one of the best ways of making the ecology more resilience, uh, more resilient is by planting a diverse range of, of native trees and shrubs and wildflowers, because uh, essentially what you're doing is you're, you know, you're, you're hedging against climate change in the sense that, okay, if this one species comes under attack, we need another similar species, which can rise into that, um, into that space so that we, you know, we don't lose our, um, our habitat to just invasive species. So that that was um, something that came to my mind because that's obviously something that you guys facilitated was that planting that we were involved in. Yeah, just to give some backstory to the, for the listeners, you all at the Hudson Conservation Advisory Council actually recently uh, contracted John and myself through our uh, landscaping outfit 
to do a, a planting of about nine street trees in the city of Hudson. And that's what we're referring to. Um, and that was for us, for me personally, was, was a great um, experience and, and, and I'd say a great success in, in, in partnering with a municipality and, and a small business to, for us to, you know, actually make some, you know, headway and getting some roots on the ground, literally and hopefully figuratively as well in a, in a larger sense. Um, and that being said, I wanted to actually speak with you, ask you guys, what did you, how was that experience for you and how have your other successes been in getting some of these plantings done and these projects move forward? You want to, you want to take that rich? I'm happy to talk about some of the benefits of street trees and community forestry projects. And, you know, obviously it's, those are great assets for the city of Hudson in any city in terms of addressing heat island effect and uh, the wildfire smoke that we, we experienced this summer too. I noticed that uh, air quality was better in places with more tree cover. Um, Mm. And when you came, when I would return to the city of Hudson, it was, it was, it was worse. And it's, it speaks to the fact that we only have 4% tree canopy in the city. Um, and so there's a lot of work we need to do, but Rich, I know you were really involved with the planting project directly. If you want to speak to that. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we have other people, we had lots of volunteers to, uh, Brittany Zuckerman and Hillary Hillman who helped really uh, help coordinate. Um, but it also is something that the city is gives back to the residents as well, as opposed to just doing garbage and snow removal. Um, you know, having a tree in front of your house, like one of the residents said, you know, she got a tree planted and the very next day she saw a bird, you know, nesting in the tree. Um, it's it's just a nice quality of life thing to do. Um these also, like Josh was saying, it's like the more trees, you know, we have less of a heat island that it becomes, it's less concrete. Um, you know, I would love to see in the future where we have more green parking lots with a permeable pavement so that we don't have all this runoff and you can have a canopy of trees, like just park your car into some trees or something, as opposed to just paving more and <laughs> just keep continue paving. Um, yeah, so there's there's so much that needs to happen. It's um, you know what I tell people all the time is here in Hudson, it's like just pick a project, pick a project and do it. You know, like one of the things that we're going to be doing next year is we took some of the money left over from last year, bring it into this year to do um, to redo the hopefully to redo the entrance in the cemetery and create a um, pollinator garden there mm. because like the cemetery, for instance, which is probably this one of the city's biggest parks, if you think of it that way, has hundreds of thousands of trees, but it's also, it's being mowed, uh, you know, almost daily with gas powered mowers, which are not, uh, you know, there's no catalytic converter on them. You know, one gas mower is, you know, pollutes, you know, something like, I don't know, like uh, uh, several cars. Um, So, you know, it's a matter of, do we have to mow all the time? Uh, Do you have to weed whack? Can there be pollinator gardens in parts of the old cemetery. Um, and that's just a different way of looking at things. Um, and it's a, it's an education as well. There's so much um, that could be done. It's just, like I said, it's just a matter of, if you come to the CAC, if there's something that really uh, interests you, you have the means to follow through. You have a connection to city government and hopefully some funding where we can actually push through legislation put it forward and then make these projects happen. So if someone is some has some burning project that they'd like to work through, you know, we, we tell them to come to a CAC meeting and you know we see what the next steps are. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, and I want to stress the point that you're making here that um, it is, you're a volunteer uh, council and that this is, you all are doing this, you know, from your own goodness in your heart and, you know, time to spend and, you know, real initiative. And that's something that's really a uh, beautiful thing to see. And to know too, I think in this generation, it seems like a, a, everyone's hands are tied when it comes to like getting involved. And it seems like it's hard to get younger people out and involved in, in, in the community work and local politics. So t- as a contractor working with y'all it, through this tree planting process, it's been very exciting to actually get something done, you know, and, and, and knowing also how valuable it is, not just, you know, for us as a business, but for y'all as a community, for us all as a community to be, you know, have some real shade to stand under and to see, you know, because all the trees that we, we planted in the project that we did, I think, believe we're, they were all native and will, you know, also provide some um, food and habitat to local wildlife, which is something you don't really hear a lot about in, in these city planning projects. Um, or at least hopefully more and more so. So it's, it's, it was very admirable to see so such you know, dedicated uh, volunteer work being done by y'all and to be in such great collaboration in getting that done. Um, so what are some of the challenges that the council faces? Um, I know you mentioned that you have some seats available, but uh, is there anything else that, that y- y'all could use some help with or, or are facing in the, in the coming years? I mean, I, I think that we do, the fact that we do have seats open is is a great opportunity for people to get involved. Uh, the challenge is keeping people engaged. As you mentioned, Seamus, this is a volunteer uh, council. And so, you know, sometimes, some months people are busy and, and can't participate. And so having as many people on the council as possible um, as per the limit is really what would be helpful to really sort of push things forward and to keep continuity of projects going. You know, we, we meet once a month. And so a lot gets done in that meeting, Rich uh, runs a tight ship there, but there is another month gap uh, each, each, each time. And so having more people who are able to really give their time and their expertise um, is really helpful in just making sure that projects happen and that they can continue to happen. And we're looking for more diverse, like a more diverse council. We want, you know, all the communities of Hudson to be represented as much as possible in this work. Um, it's really important as we're thinking about outreach for projects like street tree plantings. And largely the community has put in requests for those street trees that you planted. And so we want to make sure that all community members feel comfortable and are aware of the programs that are uh, available to them in the city. And so just having more of a diverse council and, and being able for us to be able to really put the word out there um, and reach people, I think is really useful and just making sure they, they understand what we're working on and what's available to them. And what's the relationship like between the advisory council, the conservation advisory council and the common council of the city as a whole? Do you feel like you have well, are well supported by the city of Hudson? Well, now we are because I'm on the common council this year as well. <laughs> so um there we have that. Uh, so you have my vote uh, for a lot of these issues, and uh, and I know we have um, we have a, a few new members as well. And I know some of the new members too are very supportive of what the CAC does. They come to the meetings. They've uh, some of the common council members have come to the tree plantings. Um, so we do have some. We do have support. I mean, once in a while we'll run into um, you know 
some issues with someone doesn't like blah, 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 but, you know, you just, you keep going. I mean, this climate crisis is a long-term crisis, folks, and it's the major crisis that we have. Um, yes, we have seats available, but you don't even, I mean, we meet once a month, an hour a month. I run a tight ship. I don't let people go, of course. Um, you know, we, we try to get as much done as we possibly can. But if you came to us and said, um, we, I have an idea that I want to do gorilla gladiola plantings, right? Across city property. We're like, all right, let's, how can we do that? You know, how can we make something like that happen? One of the projects that I see happening in the future, I'm going to predict the future here, is um, we want to do a bulb for bulb uh, planting where we're about to get uh, some money in and um, for a grant. And I think I'm going to, we're going to use it to buy like LED light bulbs as well as gladiola bulbs so that the springtime we could just give out bulbs to people and uh, they can go plant and like, you know, get rid of their incandescent lights and exchange it for LED lights. Um, but there's there's so many things that can happen. And so if you, like I said, it's a small town. If you want to do something, do it. You know, come to a meeting, send me an email. You know, we make it happen. We The CAC is there to help push these things forward and to get the support through the Common Council um, and even through the public and then push it through, get it done. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's one of the beautiful things about living in a small town community and working with uh, your neighbors is that you can get things done that much faster. Um, And it takes a little bit, it takes less than it would to do in a city like New York or Chicago or something like that. Right. And you have that much more of an impact. Years ago. So I started the Pride Parade in Hudson 2010, right? Fine. So, and you go, you fill out the forms, you get them trying to do the work. Right. Great. One year, um, I didn't fill out one of the forms. I didn't fill out like a vendor request form, which to have vendors at the parade, right? Fine. I got a phone call from the city clerk and she was like, Rich, you didn't fill out this form. Can you come by and fill it out? Right? Great. I went down, filled it out. No problem. Now, if we were in New York City, no one would be, no one would call me up and say, hey, you forgot this form. No, it would just be like you would be there the day of, and all of a sudden you'd have to like shut you down or who knows what because you didn't have the right paperwork in in line. You know, when you're in a small town, you can just you know the people, you know the police officers who are going to be there, you know DPW, you work with the people who are going to be digging out the dirt, but you see them on a regular basis, um, and you you establish these relationships with them so that if there is a problem. It doesn't get blown out of proportion. It's just a simple phone call or, you know, and then you just make it right. Um, And that's really about living in a small town is that there's less bureaucracy. There's more of a connection um, to people and that, you know, if you can help get things done and, you know, and, and, you know, little polite things always work well. Whenever you're doing any of these projects, you always say please and thank you. You know, things like that. It's it's just common courtesy and professionalism goes a long way. Um, and like I said, in the connections that you have with with your friends and neighbors who you see every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of relationships in that, in the same light, it sounds like you have connectivity with other local initiatives, the other townships, uh, Climate Smart Communities Councils, or also with the Columbia Land Conservancy. Does that, do you, do you find you're able to 
make good um, community there and, and maybe leverage those relationships in, in the work that you're doing? Yeah, I, I, you know, because we're part of this, this process, uh, Columbia countywide process, we certainly meet regularly with other municipalities who are grappling with similar issues in their towns or villages. And there's definitely a network of these climate smart community task forces or these CACs across the state. And there's always lessons learned that that we can share with others. Um, we can learn from others who have done similar projects. Uh, there's also a Columbia County-wide climate smart community group as well. And so uh, there's a representative from the city of Hudson on that body. So there's a lot of sharing of information um, and it, and that body is made up of volunteers as well, but a lot of them also wear other hats as uh, members of the land conservancy or other nonprofits or farms in the area. So there's a lot of expertise that's in the room often um, in those types of meetings. And so just making sure that we, continue to show up for each other and to share information, I think is really beneficial in this work. And, um, and at the very local level, as, as Rich mentioned, you know, he's on the common council now, uh, you know, Tom De Pietro, the, the president of the common council shows up every month to the CAC meetings in Hudson. Uh, we also have, uh, other committees that we collaborate with, uh, you know, when something needs to be reviewed by the legal committee. And so there's a lot of uh, relationship building that happens in passing local laws and thinking about local policy as well. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I, I can't help but notice being here in the upper Hudson Valley and in the Hudson Valley in general is just how, like you said, there's so much expertise here, just living in the communities, people whose whole lives it is to keep track of you know, biodiversity loss and, and uh, the impacts of climate change and people whose work it is to actually actively work, you know, towards solution in that. So it's nice to see that we don't have to go very far to, you know, find that kind of wisdom and um, will to actually see these things get done. That's, I just hope we can carry that through and, you know, make enough of an, an impact. And to that point, have you at the Hudson Conservation Advisory Council seen uh, a measurable impact uh, in regards to climate crisis or the biodiversity loss in, in the work that you've done so far? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I know that we did a tree inventory. Uh, Hillary Hillman, who was the chair prior to myself, there was a tree inventory that was done that took a status of every tree in the city of Hudson public grounds. Yeah. You know, that needs to be updated. We've obviously have planted more trees because of that. So, you know, it's a long, it's the long game, folks. There's like, you know, there's, you have there's small battles and small projects, but overall, you know, you just keep plugging away. We're we're in it for a long time, and it does all add up too. I mean, when you when you see it all, you know, happening from three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, it, it things happen really quickly if you have that kind of a scope. And um, you know, the trees do grow, and so we'll we'll, we'll be able to tell pretty quickly, um, you know, if we stick around and see what happens. Um, I got the I got grants from New York State, Charge New York, and from uh, National Grid to put the uh, electric car chargers behind City Hall. Mm -hmm. That was back in uh, 2018, 2019, and I was criticized for it. Uh, people were like, "Oh, no one's going to use it," and blah, blah blah. It's all elitist, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, fine, whatever, folks." So mm -hmm. you you know, but now you go there on a Saturday, they're all used. People tell yeah. me there were too many, da, da, da. and it's like everyone has an opinion, but you just do it anyway. 
And it was all done with grants, 45 grand, all with grants. It's a dollar 75 an hour. And that money, uh, less the electricity costs, which is pennies, all that money goes into the general fund. So, you know, you can charge your car. And not only that, and there's still more, that the electricity is generated from the local solar farm. So our municipal, our municipal energy from the city of Hudson Electricity is from solar panels. So you can charge our electric car from solar-powered energy, totally carbon neutral if you want. And, um, you know, that's all just because I filled uh, out a form yeah. and applied for a grant. Yeah. And, you know, I'm about to fill out a form tomorrow and apply for another grant um, because... We don't have, it's there were seven volunteers and it's the climate crisis is huge. We don't have enough people to like fill out forms and go around and say, hey, can you help us, you know, plant these bulbs or, or, um, you know, sign up more people for heat pumps, things like that. There's, it's so much, but at the same time, if you have something that you want to do, we can help make that happen. And I guess I should also just kind of, add a little flavor to the question or in saying, you know, measurable impact, having more shade, hearing more birds is, is a measurable thing. You know, if we hearken back within the podcast to the, our first interview with John Feldman, you know, the big question of climate change, if, if we want to simplify it, you know, down to as dangerously pointed as we can, it's, it's combustion versus photosynthesis. And if we can support any amount more of photosynthesis on earth, planting trees shrubs right by keeping those trees and shrubs healthy through you know good healthy soil and and the fertility around it and and just the nature of having those plantings be home for the biodiversity that we need to support it then those are all major successes in my mind and the, just the joy of being in in a city that feels livable and and healthy and living itself you know, I, that's one of the reasons i think hudson's so popular these days is because it has that yeah of uh, for sure and yeah, and we are clearly in the middle of a biodiversity crisis. Uh, it's obviously related to our climate crisis. So as much plantings as we can do, I think, will will only benefit our ecosystems, our wildlife, our communities in, in so many different ways. Yeah, and, and just thinking about the, the state law as well. I mean, Rich mentioned EV charging stations. We just, you know, New York State has now passed also the ban on the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. So within just a few years, we're going to really need to scale up our EV charging station infrastructure because you will not be able to buy a conventional gasoline-powered car. And then, yeah, and a couple of years after that, it'll be uh, heavy-duty trucks. I mean, it's this, it's it's coming. And so there's just there's always more to do. Um, obviously, and we. We're just one small municipality, but uh, we need to be thinking about yeah what that long game looks like and strategize on how to be as prepared as we can as a community for what's coming. And that will make us more climate prepared as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the money is out there and the state has it. New York State has money to give in grants to all these various projects. You know, we just need the resources. We need the time of people to go out and help us get these grants and then walk through the process. Yeah. Well, it takes us a little bit of involvement. And and if it's a joint effort, you know, teamwork, you know, it's not a huge load for one person, hopefully at a time. Is there any uh, advice you guys would give to someone who, say, lives in a town without a conservation advisory council? 
Oh, then just start it. I think all the towns, if not all the towns, most of them here within Columbia County have their own CAC. Um, and if not, then you just go to the state and they'll help you set one up. So that's specifically New York State or say someone maybe further out? I mean, each state you know, has their own climate programs at this point. Not all, but most. Um, and I, it was my understanding that at least in Hudson, the Common Council started the CAC. I was, you know, I think the, the, the governing body of each municipality has the power in New York State to start a conservation advisory council or a climate smart community task force. Um, they're often one and the same. They often focus on a little bit of conservation, a little bit of climate. Um, the climate smart focus is obviously to support that program at the state level that comes out of the Department of Environmental Conservation. There's also a clean energy community program that comes out of NYSERDA at the state level, which is the New York Energy Research and Development Authority. And there are hubs in, there's one in the Mid-Hudson area, there's one in the Capital District, clean energy hubs that are also now set up as resources for community communities who want to transition off of fossil fuels um, and they support residential programs and such. So there's a lot of state programs. And then at the local level, these councils and committees have been created to help implement at the very local level. Um, So in other states have different structures, obviously, and and some states are further along than others. New York's law is the most, in my opinion, the most ambitious climate law in the country. Um, It's also the most equitable because it it requires that at least 35% of benefits of this transition off of fossil fuels will go to disadvantaged communities. Um, so there's a lot of funding that will come to those disadvantaged communities. Hudson is a designated disadvantaged community um, at the, through the state. And so there's a lot of resources that are available to us because of that designation. And so it's just one way to think about how equitable this law is at the state level. Also, there is a New York State Association of Conservation Commissions, so which is a group of conservation advisory councils within New York State. So that's NA, I'm sorry, NYSACC, um, New York State Association of Conservation Commissions. That would be a good place to start. If you want to start your own conservation advisory council, talk to them. And uh, they can help put through the uh, you know the necessary paperwork to and uh, charter reform or whatever needs to happen within your municipality to make that happen. Yeah, that's that's a great group, and yeah, Hudson is a member of that of NYSEC. So, um, as we've mentioned a couple times on, on the show so far, uh, the community of Hudson, uh, specifically in the Hudson Valley in general, has been changing very rapidly in the last few years, especially since the, the pandemic. Do you believe that there's opportunity here in the work of the council in, in facing these changes? Do you have, does the CAC have an interest in maintaining Hudson's local character and community's connection to our rural region? What do you think is likely to come in the face of, especially the demographic change that Hudson's facing now? You want to start with that one, Rich? <laughs> I was going to take that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, like there's the climate smart community's um, list of to-do items is so huge. We had put together a committee to just read through all the requirements for each to-do item, each task, to see how many tasks we can complete. And that took us months just to actually 
go through and figure out what tasks are the low-hanging fruit that we could accomplish and to help move things forward and to get grants and things like that. It is so overwhelming. And we really are just a small group of volunteers along with doing things like, and that's just one part of what we do, along with doing like tree planting and applying for grants to, you know, to take down dead trees. I mean, we could barely get our head around that, I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, uh, the demographic changes of Hudson, I mean, we'd like to think that we have support of people and we like to interact with the community, um, you know, to do things like one of the things, like I said, if we do this bulbs for bulbs program, we'd have more interaction with people. And that's really what I want is for people to see, you know, we were at the Hudson Farmers Market last Earth Day. We, we signed up again for this Earth Day just to have more interaction with the community. I mean, that's the goal is really to be out there. Yeah. And, and I would, I would just add that obviously Hudson is, seems to be constantly evolving these days. I think we saw more in migration of any metro area in the country during COVID um, people moving here from New York city. We have a lot of climate refugees, actually, if you want to classify people who have moved from the West coast to this region specifically to escape wildfire smoke, uh, which is just almost ironic and unfortunate given what we experienced here this summer. But there's so many people coming to Hudson. I think Kingston was number two for in-migration during COVID. So we obviously have a housing crisis. We have a lot of uh, local issues that need to be resolved um, in the city of Hudson. Conservation and climate are obviously really important as well. And I think as we have these changing demographics, um, we need to be really mindful of people who have been here a long time. We need to be mindful of uh, the agricultural community. I know there's a lot of concerns around solar siting on agricultural land. Um, That's a very contentious issue in Columbia County and Copake in particular because of a large project uh, been proposed there. And there's a lot of people who have lived in Copake for a long time who are opposed and then some that are in support and then some city uh, residents who have moved to Copake in recent years. And there's just, there's, there's obviously a lot of tension. Um, and I think there are ways for us to work together to resolve these challenges, but the demographics are shifting so quickly um, across the County that we need to just be really sensitive in the way that we approach a lot of these, these policy recommendations. Yeah, it is a challenge. I mean, I have a heart for all the newcomers, for sure. I mean, my family were newcomers when we first moved here when I was a child. But um, also having grown up with, you know, going to school with their kids, it's been an interesting place to be in the middle, kind of seeing what's, you know, wanting to to, to make a change, wanting to build bridges. And I I wonder if if you were, if there was opportunity in, in holding local shindigs or fundraisers or gatherings or um, the earth day at, at the farmer's market sounds like a great opportunity and i wonder maybe you need help getting word out or, or there's maybe listeners want to come in and volunteer and help you out there too yes if they come to a cac meeting one of my rules is that you start your sentence off and not with you should but with i will yeah so if you come to a cac meeting, i will hold you to that um, I run a tight ship, as Josh said. And if you have an idea, you bring it, you make it through, and you get it to happen. There's lots of people who say, well, you guys should be doing, you should do this, you should do that. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. 
I will. You start the sentence with I will. I think it's all great ideas, um, but you can't expect someone else to do it. This is the world we live in now. It's a small town. If you have an idea, bring it. Bring it. We'll help you make it happen. Yeah, I mean, and therein is the opportunity for especially people you know of means who've found their way to be living here at least part time to do the I will in joining the group and for the long-term residents to find an opportunity to extend a hand and, and offer a, a, an empty seat to people who would, are maybe shy about saying hello to their new neighbors because they do feel a little bit of that um, guilt or pressure for you know being the city person coming to a rural place. And that, that's the thing too. I think that Hudson and the Hudson Valley specifically in the face of this um, crisis is uniquely positioned to be the big table and to make a good example of how rural communities and urban communities and the rapid blending of those two spaces and cultures to find a common ground here and to realize that it is this this land that we're on that is what we share and what should be protected and, and cherished. Not to say that you're not doing that. You're, you're doing a great job, I think, with the, with all the work that you're doing. And I would love for the local community and, and, and for us for in any way that we can to help support at least getting the word out or even um, in the production of events or, or more more projects that you have coming up. So that said, are there any specific events or outreach opportunities or exciting projects you have for this coming spring? Basilica has a Earth Day festival each year, but there was one down at the waterfront as well that was hosted by a few different organizations, including the Spark of Hudson, um, Toolshed. Uh, the CAC also participated in that, um, as did other organizations. Um, as Rich mentioned, the Farmer's Market is a great opportunity um, we often set up a table there on Earth Day as well. So I think those are some of the opportunities um, that I can think of. Rich, you might be aware of some other engagement opportunities and events that are on the city's calendar that might be a good way to also plug in. Right. I mean, like like you said, as of right now, I know of the Earth Day events. Um, I don't know of any other events as of right now. Though uh, In September, I'm blanking on which date in the climate carnival yes. uh, will be happening at the county level at the fairground in Chatham. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and for anyone who wants to reach out, get involved, how do we contact the, you at the Hudson Conservation Advisory Council? Send an email to Rich Volo. Rich, what's your email address? It's richvolo, all one word, at cityofhudson.org. Send me an email if you're interested in being on the, you can come to one of our meetings. Uh, the first Tuesday of the month at six o'clock. It's on the city calendar. Um, you can zoom in or or Teams in now. You can Microsoft Teams in and um, come to a meeting. Uh, look at you know our agenda and uh, and then see see if you want to be a part of it. Um, but like I said too, it's there's so many projects you could be up on the council. You can just have a project onto the side and have us be involved in some respect. Um, you know, you can give as much time as you have, but yeah, there's always something that needs to get done. Wonderful. And I just want to say too, and, and to, to thank you both as well for the opportunity to work together and getting those trees planted for the streets in Hudson. To be in the meetings with y'all and, and to see really what it takes to get something done um, at a, you know a township community level. It's it really just it, it takes people like you who show up to the meetings and and do the homework and 
stay involved and put in the time. And you know, this community in particular is is richly unique in the wide berth of efforts happening from local education to green space creation to food sovereignty initiatives to just skill sharing. There's so much happening here at a grassroots level that it's it's really exciting that all it takes is for for people to get involved and meet up and start working together. And I think that that is a lesson that we can kind of broadcast out into this into this country into this world to say if you if you're feeling distraught if you're feeling afraid of the future just go make some friends and just go outside and 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 get a tree in the ground at least or something you know do something that, that you know how to do that you know you can do or even just ask how you can help and there'll be somebody who'll be ready there with a, a long list of things that you might want to try to tackle up any last thoughts or yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for having us. And yeah, thank you for also partnering with us on the street tree plantings and the work that you do in the area. It's, it's so important. So thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to more. Thank you guys very much. And we'll look forward to hearing you next time on Our Common Nature. Take care, y'all. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach out with any comments or questions, feel free to email us at ourcommonnaturepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at our.common.nature. Dot dot